Well, good, very good morning. Uh, let me have my welcome to those you've already received. Um, let me pray. I'm just going to basically echo what Annette's already prayed, but let's, let's pray again. Our Father God, we ask that as we now come and look at your word, that you would please work in us as we come to look at it. Help us to understand it, to see the great truth of the festival back then, but also to see its significance for us today. And as ever, we pray that our lives would be changed by these things we see. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, the Christian life is is full of blessings, of privileges. It's full. There There are too many to list. Just to drop perhaps the main one, the main one is, well, the relationship that we now have with the Lord. When someone has their sins forgiven, when they are saved from their sins, saved from death, saved from Satan, saved from ourselves, we are reconciled to God. We are, have a restored relationship with him. We get to enjoy in prayer. We get to enjoy as we hear from his word. We, we get to enjoy that privilege each and every day. And yet, I imagine, if you call yourself a Christian, there, there probably aren't too many of us who go, ah, oh, this is just perfect, it's complete. No, no, we still know that sin, ourselves, Satan still twists that and stops us from enjoying it as fully as we would like. Well, the Feast of Trumpets today is going to assure us that this is not all there is. There is better to come. Also, another great blessing is the privilege of of joining in serving Jesus' mission. And it is a privilege. God doesn't need us to do his work. He chooses to use us to do his work. And we get that privilege, as we started to see last week, that that privilege of, of reaching out to the harvest trying to reach those around us as we talk to God about people and as we talk to people about God. But sometimes that's difficult. Maybe like me this week, you invited a number of people to our evangelistic events, and they said no. A couple of them didn't even bother replying. Can get weary, can get hard. Sometimes you think, well, you know what, I'm just going to take a step back. Again, the Feast of Trumpets is going to encourage us to keep going now. We are looking, as I said, at the Feast of Trumpets. This is festival number five. Um, if you remember, um, we showed this right back in week one, the, the calendar year, this is using our calendar as opposed to the Jewish calendar, but the first three come in the springtime, the Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits. In fact, it comes in, in kind of basically one week. Um, springtime. Uh, and then the, the, the Feast of Weeks that we saw last time, those seven weeks later. Uh, and today's is the first of the final three that come in autumn time, our, our September, October time. And again, if you've been here through this series, you'll remember how clearly those first feasts and festivals that we looked at, how clearly they lead us to the Lord Jesus. The Passover, as God's people celebrated the Exodus, how the lamb was shed to keep them safe from judgment and to bring them out of slavery. And Jesus himself, the Passover lamb, dying 
as that Passover, the Passover lamb was sacrificed, Jesus was hung on a cross. And uh, the, the first fruits, how Jesus rose again those three days later, the first of all his people who are going to rise from the dead too. Feast of Weeks, when at Pentecost, when Jesus poured out his spirit upon his church. Well, just as those first four have led us to Jesus, so these next and final three will do so, do the same. Now, I'm going to say that I found this week's the hardest. Okay, the Feast of Trumpets uh, is, has a grand total of nine verses about it in the Bible. No reference is to it in the New Testament. And in the, those two passages in the Old Testament, that the significance of it is not spelled out for us. It is a tricky one. And yet, uh, I think we'll see, hopefully by the end, how wonderfully, again, it does point us to Jesus and his work. First off, so let's look at it under these three headings. Again, starting off thinking what it meant for the Jews back then. The Feast of Trumpets was to prepare for God's presence. Prepare for God's presence. The Feast of Trumpets gets its name from the the rallying call which would have been heard right across the land. Have a look down at verse 24. Speak to the people of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall observe a day of solemn rest, a memorial proclaimed with blasts of trumpets, a holy convocation. Trumpets would have been blasted out on the first day of their seventh month. Uh, The the trumpets most likely would have been made of of the ram's horn. Here's a kind of modern-day one. But it would have been, I say, right across the land, blasted out to call the people to this special feast. Now, throughout the Old Testament, trumpet blasts are associated with, with a whole number of things. Um, they were often used as, as a signal for the people, either to gather or when they were traveling on the way to the promised land. They had a trumpet blast to say, kind of pack up camp and let's, let's move on and then stop. Or it was used in war. But it's also associated with God's presence. And we see those two things, that the signaling to the people and the sign of God's presence, most clearly when the Israelites met with God at Mount Sinai. So after they'd come out of Egypt, their first main stopping point on the way to the Promised Land was was Mount Sinai, where they met with God, and and Moses went up, and he was given the Ten Commandments. And this is what we read around these events. When the trumpet sounds a long blast, they shall come up to the mountain. That's the people. And then just three verses later, when the people had gathered, we read this. On the morning of the third day, there were thunders and lightnings and a thick cloud on the mountain and a very loud trumpet blast so that all the people in the camp trembled. Then Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet God. And as the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder, Moses spoke and God answered him in thunder. The Lord came down on Mount Sinai to the top of the mountain. So we see the trumpet there gathering the people together and this trumpet blast signaling God's presence. The Lord came down to meet with his people. 
And so as the trumpets blasted out on the first day of the seventh month, this most holy month, it was preparing the people to meet with God. Not in the same way as Mount Sinai, so it wasn't the same event happening again, but a meeting, the meeting of the people with God through these three festivals. Because this seventh month became the most special month for the Israelites. You know, uh, numbers in the Bible sometimes have significance. Now, you can say that far too far, but the number seven is probably the most significant number in the Bible. In, in uh, Hebrew, it's, it's a number of completeness. And so it is interesting that in the seventh month, we get these three festivals again all come together. This is a special month for the people, the special season of festivals. And indeed, in more recent times, the Feast of Trumpets begins a, a 10-day period leading up to the Day of Atonement, the next one, that is called the Days of Awe. It was this start of this 10-day period where Jewish people are encouraged to reflect on themselves and their sin, to seek repentance in order to be ready to meet with God. The trumpets are to prepare the people for God's presence. Now, no doubt that is a good thing to do, to stop, to reflect, to repent. But what's tragic in modern-day Judaism is the understanding of how people can be fit for God's presence. I read this in at least two places. So if you have a Jewish friend and you ask about this, I don't guarantee that they are going to say, but I've read this at least two places. That in modern-day Judaism, the tradition holds that at the end of the days of awe, God opens the book of life. That's, the book of life is a biblical idea. Uh, those who are his people, those who are saved. And God studies the, the book of life, and he studies the words and the actions of everyone who's written there. And if their good deeds outweigh their bad deeds, then their name remains inscribed for another year. So what has been forgotten is that no one by themselves can have their name inscribed in that book. Not, not for a day, let alone another year. Good, good deeds cannot outweigh the bad ones. What's forgotten so sadly is the need of sacrifice, which we'll look at next week. What's forgotten is that only Jesus lived that perfect life. Only he had that, as it were, outweighing, because he did no wrong. What's forgotten is that they, we need Jesus and his sacrifice of atonement, of him paying for those sins, in order that we can have life, that we can be fit for God's presence. So the Feast of Trumpets is about preparing us for God's, for God's presence, preparing the people for God's presence. But let's think a bit more specifically about the day itself and what they did. So secondly, it's about thanking God for the completed harvest. Thanking God for the completed harvest. So harvesting, a little uh, lesson for us, uh, unless any of you are farmers, I know next to nothing uh, about farming, but harvesting is all about gathering in the crops. Okay, we go out into the fields, gather it all up, bring it in, collect it in. 
Now, those spring festivals, those first three in particular, they came at the beginning of the harvest, just as the harvest was starting, hence the Feast of Firstfruits. Here's the firstfruits of our crop. These autumn festivals come at the end of the harvest. The Feast of the Trumpets comes when the harvesting work is done. Everything's gathered in. The, the barley and the wheat, those things that came first, yeah, they're, they're long gone, they're all in. But also the grapes and the olives. Everything's gathered in and they finish their labor. They're waiting for, for the rainy season, for the rain to come and work the land. It was a time when the harvest was done and the people stopped and thanked God for the harvest. Have a look at verse 25. You shall not do any ordinary work and you shall present a food offering to the Lord. There's a food offering to the Lord. Now the food offerings, um, you can see them, they're, they're described in Numbers 29, which is the other passage that speaks on, the, on this festival. But food offerings were an act of thanksgiving. It was a recognition that God had provided that harvest. And so you, you brought the, 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 the offering together and you presented it to the Lord and said, Lord, thank you for the harvest that you've given us. Thank you for providing for all those things we need. The harvest was complete. And again, modern day Judaism does reflect this. Um, you might have heard of this. So the Feast of Trumpets is now called Rosh Hashanah, which is literally head of the year. It's become the, the start of the year because all well, that agricultural year has come to an end. All well, that farming work is done, the harvest is completed, and so now we start a new year. It marks the passing of one to the next. So the Feast of Trumpets was about thanking God that the harvest was finished, that everything had been gathered in, that God had provided for the people. The harvest was finished. Very much linked to this was the final point, that the Feast of Trumpets was about resting and enjoying God. Resting and enjoying God. Again, just have a look at how verse 24 and 25 emphasize this. Speak to the people of Israel, saying, In the seventh month, on the first day of the month, you shall observe a day of solemn rest, a memorial proclaimed with blasts of trumpets, a holy convocation. You shall not do any ordinary work, and you shall present a food offering to the Lord. See, in the Old Testament, God's people had a day of weekly rest. Yeah, following God's pattern in creation, he made the earth in six days. On the seventh day, he rested. He called his people too. From sundown Friday to um, sundown Saturday, this, this Sabbath rest, a day to stop from their ordinary work in order to focus themselves on the Lord. That was a weekly pattern that came through the year. Whereas here, do you see how it's described? It's described as a solemn rest. Now, that's not to do with the tone. So it wasn't that all the people were to be very solemn, very serious for that, for that day of the rest. It, it, it's a way of trying to... It's a special rest. So it wasn't just one of these every week things that we do. This was a special rest, a special time to stop work, 
And then they weren't, as it said in verse 25, but they weren't to do any ordinary work. They were to have this, this pause from all of those things, have this special rest to enjoy God. And again, did you see in verse 24 how it's described as this holy convocation? Um, again, that's not a word we use it. A convocation means a gathering, an assembly, a getting together. Is a time when actually all the people who the harvest was in, they were going to come together for this special rest, this special Sabbath. But it was a holy convocation. It was a holy assembly. This wasn't just a PJ day or a day to head to the play park to be curled up in front of the TV, to potter in the garden. As good as all of those things are, this was a holy, a special rest, a time when the people got together to have their hearts and their minds set on the Lord, to rest from their work in order to focus on the Lord and to enjoy him. To, to a day when they turned aside from that work and then they gathered and they, it was, the day was full of those sacrifices, those offerings of worship to him. Spend a day with God. So the, the, the Feast of Trumpets was about preparing for God's presence. It was thanking God that the harvest was finished, and as such, it was a time to rest from the work. The work was done. But not just to rest from the work, but to focus on the Lord. What does that mean for us? You know, the most harvesting I do is plucking a few blackberries from the bush kind of down behind our fence. Even if you have an allotment, I think you know that I'm not going to say that you should take a day a year to gather the crop and, and make an offering to the Lord. How does the Feast of Trumpets find its fulfillment in Jesus? Well, I remember speaking to somebody after the very first sermon in this series, and they said... All six of them, I can work out where you're going to go with Jesus, except the Feast of Trumpets. This one's less clear, although I wonder now whether um, you're starting to see where we might be going. As I said, the Feast of Trumpets itself is not mentioned in the New Testament, but trumpet or trumpet blasts is 20 times. 20 times in the New Testament we read of trumpets. One time... It's saying, look, don't blow a trumpet when you're making a gift to, um, to someone who's poor. So don't, bah, 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 hey, everyone, look at me. I'm giving money here, so, so don't do that. One time, it's referring back to Mount Sinai that we looked at. Two times, it's about a voice that is kind of so loud it comes, as, a, as it were, as a trumpet. The other 16 times are all connected with Jesus' return. Jesus' second coming. We said before, didn't we, that those first three festivals so clearly pointing us to Jesus saving work when he came that first time. Then the fourth one is Jesus in from glory sending his spirit on the church. The Feast of Trumpets is about Jesus' second coming when he comes back. The, feast, the, the, the trumpet blast of this feast remind us that Jesus is coming back. Jesus who died, who, who rose again, who ascended into heaven, is going to return. And so just as the trumpet blast would, have, would mark the beginning of this, this great feast, so we wait for trumpet blasts that, that are going to mark the greatest of events. 
Now, we can say that in general terms, but I think we can be more specific than that. And so as we want to very quickly just work our way back through those three headings and actually see that there is a tighter connection with Jesus' return. So preparing for God's presence. We said that when, in, even through the Old Testament, when the, the trumpets were blasted, it was a sign of God's presence. And so when the trumpet blasts come, it is a sign of God's presence. It will bring us face to face with our Creator. Jesus is coming back. So in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, Paul writes, the Apostle Paul writes, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a cry of command, with the voice of an archangel, and with the sound of the trumpet of God. The trumpet blasts. The Lord himself will descend from heaven. When the trumpet sounds, we will come face to face with God. And we need to be prepared to meet God. We need to be prepared for that day. How can we be prepared for that day? Well, it is about acknowledging, recognizing, and trusting in Jesus as our Savior. It's about doing it now. Now is the time to do that. Then it will be too late. We need to know, sadly, as the Jew Jewish people, Monday Judaism has completely forgotten that actually we can't do that by ourselves. That we can't do enough good works, as it were, in some way to try and outweigh our, our, the, the bad. The problem with sin is too great. All are guilty before him. Naturally, we are not fit for his presence. We need the Lord Jesus to make us that way. So we are trusting in him now. Be ready for that day when he will return. Are you ready for that trumpet blast? You know, the people, they, they knew when this was coming. It came once a year on the first day of the seventh month. We don't know when the trumpet blasts are coming. We need to live now ready for it. Could be this afternoon. We need to be prepared. So it's about, we need to be prepared for God's presence because when that trumpet blast comes, we will be in God's presence. The second thing we saw is also about thanking God for the completed harvest. And ever since Pentecost, we looked at last week, ever since Pentecost, Jesus has been gathering in his harvest. He has been calling people from all over the world to repentance and faith in his son. He's been calling people to forgiveness and bringing them in to his family. Now, how does he do that gathering? He does it through the witnessing of his church. As we said at the beginning, it's a privilege that we get to be part of. Now is the time for that harvesting work. As Mark reminded us again last week, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray, therefore, that he would send harvesters. Now's the time for the harvest. There is a plentiful harvest out there. And now is the time for work. Now is not the time for rest. It is not the PJ day today. Now is the time for work, for harvesting, for talking to God about people and talking to people about God. Now's the time for that. When Jesus comes again, there will be no more harvesting. Again, as Jesus himself said 
In Matthew 24, they will see the Son, Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he will send out his angels with a loud trumpet call. And they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to another. When the trumpet sounds, that full harvest will be gathered in once and for all. The, the Feast of Trumpets reminds us that the, as the trumpet blasts, that harvest will be complete. And again, very much linked to following on. Then that will be the time for rest and to enjoy God. And for God's people here, this, this was, was, was one day, one day of rest. Of course, there were many more, but this was one day of rest, a special day. When the trumpet blasts, it will mean eternal rest. Special rest where we get to enjoy God forever. A rest from, from all of our labors in this world. A rest from all of our troubles in this world. A rest from sickness. A rest from broken relationships. A rest from all those, those barriers and, and things that make our relationship with God not what we would want it to be. Jesus is going to gather all of his people for a holy convocation for all eternity to rest and enjoy him forever. That is what the trumpet blasts signal. An eternity in God's presence, resting from our labors, enjoying him with all of God's people, thanking and praising him for his glorious salvation. That is the Feast of Trumpets. We await that trumpet blast as Jesus returns. Let's pray. Father, please, would this wonderful future affect how we live our lives now? Please, would we all be ready for his return? Would we be ready to be in your presence? We'd be clinging to and trusting in the Lord Jesus and him alone for our salvation. And Father, we do long for and look for that day. But please, Father, would we be active and busy now, praying and working, seeking to reach those around us, that you'd work through us to harvest your people for this wonderful eternal future. In Jesus' name, amen.